Matthew 28, 19-20 Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I just read to you a passage of scripture out of Matthew, one of the four Gospels. And the topic today is, Jesus doesn't want you going to church. A little bit more of this after a word from our sponsors. Hey, thanks for coming back and listening to the rest of this podcast. We're going to continue along in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse number 12. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many members. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not the body, it is therefore not the body. And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body. So we can continue on. If you wanted to read more of this, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We stopped at verse number 19. But if you want to continue on, you can continue on in your private reading to to verify that God has put us together as a body fitly joined together of many members becoming a body. Now, I started off this podcast talking about Jesus doesn't want you going to church. And if you listen to the way people talk in the modern day era, people are always asking you, are you going to church? Where are you going to church? Where are you going to church? I went to church. I went to church. And it's only once or twice a week. And it's in one building. And that term has become a very crazy term because it is a way that people have become comfortable. They've been able to check off a a bucket list, so to speak, or a Um, a list saying that they are a Christian, they verify that they're a Christian by going to a building, but they are no longer being the church. They are no longer going out and doing what Jesus says, making disciples. Go out and make disciples. Have people come to you. You go to them and you work with them. You go to wherever they're at instead of having them come to you waiting in a building. Now, this is a huge flaw that I see in the modern day church. People are sitting in a building. They got one man that sits up there in the front of the church that preaches the word. He only studies the word. He only discerns the word. And the rest of everybody else just sits on a pew and waits for him to speak to them. And the reason why it is like this in the modern day is because it's a it's a word called selfish. Everyone has become selfish. Is what you can do for me, what I can get out of the service. It's what God can do for me. It's only It's only about you getting fed by God for you. And you being able to verify to other members in that body what you've been doing and having them pat you on the back. And instead of going out making disciples. Now the reason why most people don't go out and make disciples is because they themselves are not very good disciples. Yep, I said it. Most of the people I've been around can't even give a real Bible study. I'm not talking about the pamphlet read or the book that you read that somebody else wrote. I'm talking about being able to open up the Bible 
and read the Bible and teach somebody what thus says the word of the Lord. Because you yourself might not have spent any time reading the word, praying, or asking God to speak to you. Most of your Bible studies should be that relationship that you have with God on your own time and you're sharing with somebody else. You should be able to be in tune with God when you put somebody on your heart that you pray for that person and in no time God figures out a way to link you guys up. And I'll give you a great example of this today. When we were growing up as kids, there was a kid named, we'll just say his name is Fred, just for the sake of covering his name up. His name is Fred. And this this boy, he was always picked on growing up through, through school and uh, wherever we went. And we met this kid and we grew up together, played together, and we did lots of stuff. And we treated him like he was a normal friend of ours because we didn't judge him like that, but everybody else did. And time goes on like it does, and we all grow up, we all separate, and life goes on. And over the course of the last two years, he's been on my heart, and there's no way I can find this guy. I'm talking like 30 years has disappeared. We don't know where each other is. We haven't talked to each other. Life just went on. And I talked to my sister, and lo and behold, after a while, she finally got in contact with him. He reached out to her and asked if we could reach out to him, talk to him, and he gave her numbers, and he's been having a really hard time. Now, that's a great example because around the time he started looking for us, we were looking for him, God put it on our hearts and started praying for him. We started to pray to reach out because we had no way of contacting him, but God made a way that we could connect back to each other. And now I called him up today, I called Fred up, and I said, hey, Fred, how you doing? And we talked back and forth and we've connected and I'm getting ready to give him information to link him into the different ministries that we we have going on here. And it's going to be able to bless him. He's at a very low point. He's went through a lot of problems in his life. And he's, he's, he's had us put on his heart by God because God does these things. It's God that even gave us the ability to think about him, to... Uh, have a feeling affection for another person it's God that puts that in our hearts to think about him because why else would you go through life and think about a past friend and decide to start looking for him and at the same time he's looking for us and God pairs us up in all the world now he lives in many many states away so the chances by chance of that happening are astronomical it takes a God to do something like that and that's the kind of God that I'm talking about and that's the kind of church we have to be we have to be able to reach out to anybody wherever they are at any time and minister and perform the duties that God called us to do. Now, in the meantime, I've had people tell Sister Jessica and I, my wife, that God was going to do a great revival. He's going to bring a revival into our life. Something great's getting ready to happen. We keep hearing this. My dad last night on a Bible study group told us that the doors were getting ready to open for us today. And lo and behold, today's the day that we reached out for this guy. We connected to him. And the doors opening to us is being able to minister to a new person, to get Jesus to go into his life, to answer the problems that he's having, because you don't know if this person's getting ready to commit suicide. You don't know if this person's just just going to give up on life and it's over with. And now this door has opened up of possibilities. And I'll give you another another, uh, link to this. idea that I'm telling you about. Over the past few years, the state Arizona has been placed on my heart big time. I have been, I can't shake the feeling. I keep telling people, everybody that's around me knows about it. I tell them I want to be around cactuses. I want to lay out there in the desert. I want to get away from Michigan. And lo and behold, where does this guy live? Arizona. 
So that's another confirmation to show you that God is working on our behalfs when we don't know that he's working. Now in the midst of all this, we have people backbiting, lying, causing trouble, division. People that are supposed to be church people are actually causing us more problems than worldly people right now. And the reason why that's happening is because the devil tries to hinder us to get us to stop ministering, to get us to stop reaching, to get us to stop even considering God's works. And then we ignore it and this person just slips through the cracks and eventually eternity starts for him or us and we have no more chance of getting this man to meet Jesus and life is over. And that's the plan of the enemy. But you can't explain that to most people. Most people are so desensitized because of what I'm talking about. Their term is, I went to church. I go to church. Where do you go to church? And they compare each other one for another. And we talked about this the other day. I don't go to church. I am the church. I don't go to a building. I go to people. I go and minister to people that are hurting, broken, and that don't know Jesus. And they need a touch from the Lord, God Almighty. I don't go to a place that compares one to another that has talents and gifts that should be out ministering by now, but 20, 30 years has passed in their life and their greatest extent is being on the platform to be able to play a drum, play a guitar, play any kind of instrument up there. And that's the height of their life calling in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And almost 90% of these people, because I've been around them, cannot give a Bible study. Most people sit on a pew and they wait for the pastor to do all the work or a handful of people that are doing the Bible studies that are actually doing the outreach. And I have found those people get burnt out because that model is not the model that Jesus wants. He wants you to go out and pour yourself out to worldly people, unchurched people, people that don't know him. And as you pour out to them, he fills you back up. And then you go pour out to more people and he fills you back up. But what happens when you go to church is you sit there, you get filled up, and you become stagnant. The oil that's inside becomes a stench. The, the fly in the ointment, the, soul, the old saying is the fly is in the ointment. And when the fly is in the ointment, that is destroyed. It means that that dead fly now pollutes the oil. And that's what happens in, when you go to church. Now, I want you to be the church. I want you to start thinking and praying, God, use me. Use me to reach the unchurch. Use me to go outside the building. Use me, God, any way you want. Now, don't pray this prayer if you are not up for opposition. And you might not be accepted by many people when you start to step outside the box and you do the things that God wants. That's why when you've seen the disciples, they were hated by many. Even their own peers, the Jews, didn't like them. The people they sat around, the Pharisees and scribes started to mark them and call them names and say they're one of those Jesus freaks. They don't do things the way they're supposed to. They didn't come to the building. They're not ministering like they're supposed to. And you all of a sudden start getting labeled something. And when you get close to Jesus, people don't like that because the majority of the religious folks crucified Jesus. They rather have a thief and a murderer release Barabbas than having Jesus released. The man that did nothing to nobody. There was no marked down crime that he committed. But this Barabbas had a crime that he was noted for. Was in prison, already judged and sentenced. And they would rather have a criminal release because they didn't want this Jesus released. Now if you're going to hang out with this Jesus, it's going to get you crucified. It's going to get you persecuted. It's going to get you mocked. Don't think that because you know Jesus, you're going to escape these things. And you have this prayer. Why am I being persecuted? Why is always things happening to me? I'm a Christian. Jesus is supposed to help me. That's not the way it goes, folks. If you've been believing that doctrine, you've been failed. 
The doctrine is when you know Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. When you're close to God, you're going to be hated. And when you do the things that God tells you to do, you're going to be ostracized by peers because they get jealous. They don't want you doing it. You have to do it their way. And if you don't do it their way, they're going to mock you, persecute you, hate you, and label you a cult leader, a fanatic, all kinds of things. But you just keep your head up. You keep looking to the Most High God, and Jesus will be there for you. Remember Joseph. He did nothing wrong. His dad blessed him. He goes out to check on his brethren, and he threw him in a pit, sold him into Pharaoh, and that was the rest of the story. You know what happens. He gets persecuted, hated, ashamed, and everybody just turned on him over and over and over again. But who was the deliverer for these people? Because when you're close to Jesus, you have a heart to forgive. And even though people hate you and persecute you and mock you, you still love them, you still reach for them, and when they're at their lowest point, you come and show them Jesus. You show them a way out. You give them that answer because one thing I know is if you're on the inside of the building, you're not doing what God wants you to do. You're just sitting there, going through the motions, judging people, complaining, gossiping, murmuring, and you're filled with strife. I want you to be free today. I want you to let that spirit go. If you are sick of going to the building on a Sunday and coming out on Sunday afternoon and arguing and picking and mocking and making fun of people, then you need to become the church and go to people that are worse off than you. It's something when you see somebody that has no home, that have no clothes, they make it to one meal a day and they don't have a lot of food in their fridge. They're eating bread, with ketchup. They're eating hardly nothing at all and they're trying to make a life out of nothing here on earth. They have no job. They're begging for what they need and that's most of the people you come in contact with. Most people look like they have it all together but they don't. They go home and they're sad. They don't know what they're going to do and that's in normal times and don't forget we are in a pandemic folks. Information has been distorted. People are being lied to on a massive scale. Minds are being bombarded. Spiritual attacks are everywhere. Evil and hatred is just everywhere inside the building called the church that is not the church because we are the church. We are the building, body fitly joined together of many members, not just one. And with that, I want you to think about this today. I want you to pray and I want you to have your Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Jesus Christ, search your heart. And if you're not living the life that I'm talking about, You need to get on board. And with that, God bless. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast today. I want you to remember 1 Corinthians 12, verse 19. And if they were all one member, where were the body? Verse 20, but now are they many members yet, but one body. Remember, we are one body, folks. We are the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is made to go into all the world and to seek and to save that which is lost. That's our job, folks. Not to go sit on a pew somewhere, let a man speak to you the word that he studied, and then you do nothing with the word. You wait for somebody to come in the door, sign a little card, and sit down, and you guys do nothing else but say, I had a visitor today. The church had a visitor today. And you go through the week trying to tally up how many visitors you have, but you did nothing else. That's not what God has for you. 
God wants us to be motivated to move outside the borders of our normal comfort zone and to reach out to people that are worse off than us and to help them. Thus, becoming the church, we are the church, the body of Christ. And I love you and God bless.